Hello, Sarah. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. Uh, I just did that voice. Sorry. Um, it's okay. This is a podcast for popping questions. Popping bottles. And pop culture. Well, yeah, I forgot how I, like, start this. I was just like, hey. When I was in high school, the boys, those, like, four-year-strong yeah, boys. Oh, yeah. They always go, hi, Sarah Connell. Hi, Sarah Connell. It's because you were so cute. Yeah, maybe. But that has to be why. It stuck with me That's forever. Flushing. And I just did it. I yeah. was like, I'm Sarah Connell. That's right. Sarah Connell. <laughs> um, it's really funny because I was watching an episode, an old, like a 10-year-old Project Runway the other day. Mm. We were just talking about how sometimes people just want to watch things that are comforting, that have a pattern, or like have a rhythm to them. But it was really funny because there was an episode where they invited Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. Mm-hmm. He was Mitch. He's the redhead. For Modern Family, he was part of a challenge. You know, they always make those, like, tie-ins, and it was, like, his tie, his bow tie company. But it was really funny because for the whole first, like, for the whole time they were, like, introducing him, they just kept, like, cutting to the designers being, like, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. <laughs> and, like, over and over. And so I was just, like, Jesse Tyler Ferguson because they just, like, kept saying it. It was just like that. Right. Just, like, yeah, same thing. It's. It just like lives in my head, you know. And then yeah. sometimes I'm like, no, that is not me. I'm not Sarah Connell. I am Sarah Connell Sanders. Sanders. Yes. Um, All right. Speaking of designing, I guess the Golden Globes are back. Ooh, like, was it like the raucous party you envisioned? I honestly didn't watch the. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch it when it aired. I have been really bad. I did. I have watched like a lot of it, not the whole thing. No, I think you're healthy. I did watch. I tried my best, and honestly, can I just say? And this is like what the Hollywood Foreign Press Association deserved, but like also, I did not realize that it was airing on a Tuesday night. And I was like, oh, they've really airing on a Tuesday night shows that you've really fallen, especially because they're airing Critics' Choice on Sundays, a Sunday now, and. the Golden Globes can't get a Sunday anymore. Which, like, again, they deserve it. They're they not even, even a real thing. Last year, they weren't even on air. Yes. Um, they're fun. They are fun. The gold, the Globes are fun because everyone gets drunk. Because mm-hmm. there's no, like, parents there. Like, Golden right. Globes is like spring break, no parents. Like, it's not <laughs> like... Like, the people that they're beholden to at the Golden Globes are just people who love movie stars. So it doesn't matter what they do. That's so true. Yeah. And the voting body is, like... And it is not supposedly changed or changing, but yeah, it's still it was not like, more prestigious, right? Just, it was just they're trying to make it more diverse, right? But. It was like ninety nine or like a hundred, right? Like film critics, but like critics use loosely, like internationally enter- entertainment reporters, yeah. So like if you write for OK Brazil, you could be part of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, right? Um, and obviously, well, I guess it, I guess there's only nine, like not that many of them. There's like a hundred ish, so I guess it's like a little bit exclusive. But I don't think it's that much. Well, it's not like um, what are their credentials, right? Whereas yeah. like the Oscars have, oh, and they can be bribed. That was the thing. right. The Oscars have a lot of systematic issues, like a lot. But one thing that's important to remember about the Oscars is at least, and again, a lot of systematic issues. Uh, it's peer voted, which doesn't right. necessarily matter if all of your peers are old white dudes in, like, the film editor category. Actually, that's not a good example because that's probably more diverse. But, like, if the people who are being invited to the Academy 
are those people. Right. And but it is still you know, a lot of the front runners when it comes to the Oscars have to do with old Hollywood. And so yeah. if old Hollywood is like the bulk of the voting body. Or it's also just like, did you make a movie about making movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, Yes, of course. Of course, I yeah. love uh, movies and books about writing. I do. I love. Yeah. Right. I love because I like to write. I love movies about yeah. movies. I just think it's so funny because it's so frequently I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. You did it. It's so hard to make movies. Like we struggle, um, but the Golden Globes did come back. Do you it have was a highlight? Exciting. Uh, gloves. I don't know if you noticed. Just gloves, like like oh, evening like fashion wise. Yes. No. Yeah. Right. I do have, I think like, I think Jared Carmichael was awesome. I think that he did exactly what he, he came to the Golden Globes. He was like, yeah, I'll do this job. He Maybe. said a bunch of stuff and Everyone he was like, uncomfortable. I will never be back. Bye. Yeah. But in a way that wasn't mean or like, I feel like the way that Ricky Gervais would do that was it with such a spirit that made it unpleasant. No, this had like a certain seriousness and honesty. And just like an old school irreverence. Like you want that from your comedians. Yeah. So it, right. It had the gravity of like being about, uh, he talked, he, oh, he brushed on a few things. My favorite joke was the Tom Cruise yeah. one about Scientology. I was shocked. It was like hardly a joke too, right? but also true. So if you guys are not aware um, you are aware, I'm certain, that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Um, the Church of Scientology <laughs> I am certain. has come under fire for many things, but one of those things is that um, David Miscavige, who is their leader, essentially, his wife has not been seen for, like, 10 years. Shelley Miscavige is, like, missing. And as far as I know, and I could be mistaken, I think that David Miscavige is now not... I don't know where he is. That could be, but there might be an update since then, but I read, I feel like I just saw like within the past, like I go, I read like Reddit, <laughs> but yes. So, um, obviously Tom Cruise had a huge movie last year with Top, Top Gun Maverick, right. which was not only huge, but also like is good. Just to be clear, it's a good movie. Um, it's magnitudes better than I do think he'll be nominated for an Oscar (sighs) for producing maybe I don't Um, think that he'll be nominated for actor but right people are coming back on Tom because he is like he seems like a nice dude right um and he is like he's charming he seems he like he goes the distance he's he makes videos now every time he does a movie (laughs) he has a, a he makes like a cool video to open the movie just like thanking people for like going to a movie theater to watch it. He's one of those guys where he's like, film the cinema, which I do relate to. <laughs> but basically, yeah, Jared Carmichael. But why did he give, he gave all his globes back? Yeah, because, so after the controversy, oh, he, okay. he made the like PR and or personal choice to be like, oh, you know what? Like, this isn't something I want to be a part of, gotcha. which I thought was really interesting from him because he's not a person who like, Outside of, like, some Scientology stuff, he doesn't, like, really make, like, public stands, I guess. So that was interesting. But I did I did think Jared Carmichael was awesome. Did you have a favorite part? Oh, yeah. I thought he was great. Jennifer Coolidge, probably. Because she made me uncomfortable, but then also I just want to listen to her talk all day. Right. Well, that's, like, that is that is Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. She made me uncomfortable, but I want to listen to her talk all oh day. Oh, my God. I'm like, give this woman the floor. Yes. And that was how she led her speech, too. She said at the Emmys, I got, they, like, fish hooked her off. They, they're they always playing people off. They're always, oh, yeah. Ugh. But 
she got to speak her mind yes. and say her do. And yes. I'm like, oh. And she talked about being a working actor, which I'm sure resonated with a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think, especially, like, I know they talk about this a lot at the SAG Awards, which is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. But it really, like, she is someone, right? She is a, she just works. Um, and it's, it is, it's very cool to see her. As someone that, like, I think everyone knows from something. I think oh, Everyone yeah. knows it's either Stifler's mom. And she even made a joke about that where she was like, oh, do you want me to do a sixth American Pie? I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but Get she, paid. Yeah. She really leads into the fact that, like, she is a working actor. Like, she needs to work. Yeah. Um, and I also thought it was just really beautiful when she spoke, like, directly to Mike White, who is the yeah. writer and direct, like, writer and creator of The White Lotus, among many other things. Normies, not to say that, not to say that non, not to say that non. I know where this is going. Normies <laughs> will know Mike White for making School of Rock or Orange County, which is a movie that I secretly love very much. Um, and which is not to say that like people who are not normies are not watching White Lotus, but they're different material, right? right? I was wrong. I said I thought you knew where, who, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to talk about the reality show imprint that he has made. Oh, the Amazing Race. Yeah, and I thought you were going to be like, oh my god, I forgot about that Survivor. Know the that he's been on Survivor. Yeah, which he also has. But he, I just, I love that because he's another guy who has been a working guy, and like he's made things that people have really liked, but I think it was Not really prestige, right? And I think it was really special to see her but also the audience at large yes. like give him that recognition which is cool do um, you have any like oscar predictions based on golden Globes? so i really am hoping and i think at this point that michelle yo will win an oscar for everything everyone wants i can't say for cer- certain because Kate blanchett is like looming in the distance i've not watched tar i have watched everything everywhere else. tar is so um divisive even though she's so great in it, I think that there might be some reluctance, to, which that happens to like an actor can win from a movie that people hate. It happened. It's happened before or not hate, but just like don't love that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Bridges won for Crazy Heart, which is not a bad movie by any stretch, but was definitely like seen as kind of people were like, oh, it's fine. Like it was very mediocre. Um, whereas Tar is mostly divisive on like people either love it or they're like, what the f is this movie oh, i haven't okay that's on my list but it's what we talked about recently where like because it's nominated for an mm-hmm. oscar i will see a movie that i wouldn't ordinarily seek yeah. out and i'll pay attention it's funny because i think that for a lot of my younger years i'd be like i don't care about this because it's not getting this attention and that's been really interesting to be like no man like you can watch movies that don't just get nominated for Oscars, which is not to say that I wasn't doing that as a younger person. Like I was going, I was watching everything. But also, they're so much more accessible now. Yes. Where you can stream whatever you want, yeah. you know, I mean, almost anything. Yeah. Where we can like access like Glass Onion, right? Yeah. Like something which that just came out. Yeah. It's right. It's, and it's a phenomenon. Yeah. Let's talk about Glass Onion. <gasps> Did you watch it? Oh I, my God. I loved it. I loved Kate Hudson. Yes. Because, you know, I'm a big, almost famous fan. And, you know, I have to say about Kate Hudson, a few different people, some of them in my family, because they know I like her, were like, wow, I can't believe how much I loved Kate Hudson in this movie. Uh, my mom, for example, has seen Almost Famous, and she, like, 
knows that because if you haven't not this isn't again to say that this is the only performance that she's like good in but Kansen is really gives a very like a special performance in that movie I think she in almost famous yeah I think yes. she's like ethereal but also like so earthly it's a right. really interesting thing she does and after that she just happened to like not make good choices as far as her work went or that time period too rom-coms were like yep. the cash cow and so I'm sure she made a ton of money oh yeah she made a ton of money and also I think people do like love her and how to lose a guy in 10 days but then oh yeah outside of that i think a lot of people just see her they're like oh it's kate hudson and like yeah what what is is she up to sure right and then also like we haven't seen her in something other than like leggings advertisements in a while and i'm serious about fabletics they duped me but it's i don't blame her this was like you know quintessential kate hudson well and it, it the thing that made it work really well was that you got a glimpse of the fact that, like, the reason that people liked Kate Hudson in the first place, that she keeps getting work, is that she's, like, very charismatic. And you just learn, like, she has that, like, magnetic sort of thing. And they made a whole character kind of Yeah, I was, that. like, acknowledging the fact that, like, she's, nothing she's saying is intelligent or correct, but don't you love her? Listen. Yeah. Right. I, I loved her. I thought that Janelle Monet was... Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I did not... I had no... There is a twist. Yes. We're not going to give it away. No spoilers. I didn't see it coming, is all Plus, I have to say. the beginning of the movie, oh I God. was like, what's going on with her? I thought she was a great actress, and this is not great. And, it, and then no. the, like... She's such a good actress. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, my God, she's brilliant. Right, and I think a lot of the beginning part, too, is that you just don't really know what is going on. Yeah. So it's a lot of, like, is, it's, right, is it supposed to be like this or what? But yeah. it's fun. It's a fun um, watch. It is. I not... If you see it, and I liked the first Knives Out a lot, too. I did, like, I think I prefer Glass Onion. I did this, like, I just, I think that with Glass Onion, um, it's very, it's, and this is true of Knives Out as well, but Glass Onion is maybe even more so just, like, ultra-modern and ultra-salient and, like, mm-hmm. very, very much now, which there are definitely, like, big parts of that in Knives Out. I more in Glass Onion. Yeah, it's, like, funnier, like, laugh out loud funnier, yes. I would say. Um, like, Ed Norton gives a performance that I think is, like, outwardly funny. Just, like, he's a guy we all know because he's Elon Musk. Yes, that's <laughs> it. It's, like... If the, Elon Musk was hot... Like, any whim <laughs> is just... It can become a reality so mm-hmm. easily. And so the Mona Lisa is present for the duration of the movie. And that, I think, is what made me laugh the most. Like, oh the Mona Lisa God. jokes. Yes, yeah. the Mona Lisa stuff. Um, and he does a really good job of having that, like personality or just like the way that he speaks about whatever's happening where people are like wow he's so (laughs) cool he's so interesting and all of the stuff that he's saying is just like the dumbest thing you've ever heard (laughs) and luckily we have Benoit Blanc played by Daniel Craig who I used to dislike so deeply yeah I used to as James Bond well just like kind of in general because I yeah, like I, I just hate, I don't like James Bond. No, I know it's but not his fault. That's James Bond is serious, right? And it's and this it's, oh, is it's like he is. Well, and he's like a he's like a New Orleans. Oh, it's so he's a funny. Cajun accent. Yeah, and he just like one thing that he does in this movie. I watched the first Knives Out, and I was like, I think that Daniel Craig is my favorite actor now <laughs> because he just like does. Which I know this sounds very general, but I think people get it. It's like he just does so many things with his face. Which is an actor's, part of an actor's job, but, like, he does so in such a way that you're like, this guy, how did he do it? You know? And at one point, he wears this bathing suit that's, like, an old English 
one piece with nautical stripes. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. I would rewatch this movie just because just for this an excellent bathing but it is um and i think this is true on iso too it is one of those movies where like it ended and i want it immediately wanted to start it over and catch things and find things um and i think that i feel like murder mysteries are like a thing right now yeah which is kind of fun have you watched murderville at all no the like improv one (laughs) with will arnett yeah no i have not so Murderville is basically a show. It's based on a British show. Will Arnett from Arrested Development, among many other things. Is he Lego Batman? Yes. Oh, I or he's great. like okay. Yeah, Lego Batman. Yeah, he's got a great voice. He's a whole vibe. But he um, he plays a detective, and he's got, like, a bunch of actors who are acting alongside him. And essentially the idea is that there's, like, a celebrity who shows up to be his new oh God, trainee. I was going to say apprentice. I was like, that's not right. Who shows up to be his new trainee. In each episode, someone gets murdered, and all of the, like, cast, like, Will Arnett and his, like, colleagues and all of the other actors, like, know exactly who did the murder that happens when this trainee shows up. And then, like, also, like, how they did it. But the person who doesn't know anything is, like, for example, Conan O'Brien. So it's, like, a murder mystery. It's a murder mystery, but only party. one. Party. But only one like person. One party. Yeah, but, like, only one oh, person has to opposite. solve it. Yeah, it's, like, <sighs> Con- like for, so Conan is the guest in the first episode, and he's the only one who just has no idea about anything. <sighs> and it gets insane and ridiculous. Um, some episodes are better than others, I will say. But if you are into a murder mystery and also things that are, like, so so silly it's a it's a lot of fun well (laughs) funny you mentioned will arnett (laughs) yes because of lego batman i know neither of us have read spare but there is a chapter that i've heard about where he is at a part a party at courtney cox's house he's on shrooms he's obsessed with friends i guess like his whole life he can't actually british people love friends friends. too that is true you know he's super isolated so he's spending a lot of time watching friends Mm -hmm. and he ends up at this house of his idol courtney cox monica geller he thinks he's a chandler that's just an aside but he's a ross Behind him, he hears a voice, and he's like, oh, my God, it's Lego Batman. And he turns around, and he asks Will Arnett to speak in the Lego Batman voice to him as the prince. And I'm thinking, like, how annoying would that be as an actor? But also, you'd be like, oh, my God, hello, prince. Right, but also, wouldn't you be like, oh, this poor boy. I know. It's like, what do I want? Uh, like so, having a grand yeah. old time in Hollywood, I want Lego Batman. I want to be a talk child. to me. <laughs> I want to be a child again, right? Like that's what that uh, is. So I'm curious about <sighs> what you make of the memoir and also the Netflix show. So the thing about a lot of it is, and I will say I haven't read the book. I've watched like some of the show, not all of it, but like I've I've read and seen a lot of the. Stuff from it. And I am so interested. I love Diana, which I think Sarah knows, which like who everyone now is like, we love Diana. Like everyone's Diana. I think it's really interesting because it's like a lot of the stuff that is coming out or that he has said. Initially, people think that is insane. That's crazy. He's lying. That can't be true. But (laughs) that family is, pardon my language, fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Would I be surprised if like Will attacked him because of 
who he's marrying or whatever, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like again, they like have no outside perspective. They really they in don't. A bubble. And yeah. it's funny because like even now they think that they do. Like the younger people, and I I would guess that like if you're not in the direct line, like if you're like Eugenie or Beatrice mm-hmm. of York, right? They're um, his cousins. They're princesses. They probably have a different idea. Like they one of them went to like got an internship at like in New York in a magazine, right? Like not that that's like oh, we can all do that. They they have no outside perspective, but also the perspective from the inside is really, really bleak. warped. It's bleak. bleak, but it's also just, like, warped of, like, what is actually, oh, like, yeah. how people act. So, like, his obsession with the press, it seems to have overtaken his life. And, right. And, and think about his entire family that has taken over his life, right? And there's, like, offhand mentions or some reflections on how many people he's killed in battle and stuff like that, you know? And Which that's like, yeah. It's, he's just clearly not lived a social life well, he of any sort of normalcy, right? Yeah. He has no norms. He wasn't, neither of them were really like, and I guess that you could say this about any of those kids, like even like Queen Elizabeth's kids, like Charles and Anne and all them. No, okay. Maybe not those kids, but like they weren't really raised. I mean, yeah, like, who, like, yeah. or, or they were raised, and I am very on board with, like, it takes a village, mm-hmm. but it also takes, like, an adult who makes you feel safe and cares about you that you can trust to not sell stories about you oh, to the yeah. press when you turn 30. And so they have, yeah, it's like, they don't have the outside, but they also very, very much, like, from the inside, every single thing that they do, and I think that people... Not, like, struggle to understand this. I think people do understand it, but I think that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that that they do is to uphold and preserve their own monarchy. It has nothing to do with their own family. It has nothing to do with... It's a business. It's a, it is. It's a business. And they call it... It's the, um, the firm. Like, yeah. the firm, which it sounds like a law firm, right? The firm is doing those things. And years ago, we talked about, like, the Royal Rota, mm-hmm. which is the people who... Or it's like the White House press corps. Like, they are the ones who go every day. They get press, con- press there's conferences. there's relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And those and relationships. they're transactional. Right? They are absolutely transactional. They build. And this is something that's funny to me. People are like, oh, Harry's lying about this. Or they're embellishing. Or they're making stuff. And I'm sure things are embellished just by nature of our memories, of memory being different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is you can find things that he's saying that they did that they have already done to Margaret. Elizabeth's sister, Margaret, to Charles and like Charles and um, Camilla. Camilla early on. And then again, I have no nice words for Camilla. So that's a different <laughs> story. But they've already done all this stuff. Right. Like they did all these things to Margaret. And guess what? She became an alcoholic. She died when she was younger than 60. I'm pretty sure. Like this is what they do. And so when Harry says he was worried about history repeating himself and he's worried about stuff, like, he is literally thinking of the fact that his mother was chased down by paparazzi with, like, who knows what going on otherwise. And he said, he says that he believed for a long time. What was it that I just read? Cut this out. There was something (laughs) that there was some conspiracy where he's like, yeah, I thought that was true. It was, like, insane. But... What are so part of me thinks like it's a little bit contradictory that they are so upset with media, but then putting so much out there. But then the other part of me is like, 
I've done that too. When I I want to stop being criticized, I just push out like, so much content right. that I'm like, well, there's so much out there that it'll all be diluted. And I think that's kind of what they're doing. I think that's part of it. I also think someone, I can't take credit for this, and I'm sure that whoever thought of this was not the first person, but someone was like, if you think that your entire family could turn on you in any second... You are gonna, you are gonna want to be in control of all the information that they can share. Yeah. So if you can, and it, and I think that he has reason to believe that any number of things could be leaked or whatever. And so I think that it, it's getting in front of it. He's like, I'm just gonna, and he it's hired an, like I'm a top-notch ghostwriter too. Yes. Oh, did he? Yes, and mm-hmm. I think he wrote Andre Agassi's. Oh, that book was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a great profile of him out right now. I can't remember if it was the New York or New York Times. Of the ghostwriter. Of the ghostwriter. Okay, yeah. And he said at the end of the Andre Agassi, like, process, Mm -hmm. he had been asked to have his name on the cover. And he's like, no, I'm a ghost. You know? Cool. But he just asks the right questions. He's present. He understands the person. He said the only big ask he has for every job is, like, a long table. So that all the things he hears, he can move around. Right. And like organize. And that is very interesting. Yeah, But I guess, you know, it's a, a lot. It's like 400 pages. Yeah. I do think that's a worthwhile question, though, is like you were saying, like, they don't want to be working royals. They don't want to be part of that system. So why are they now? Have, they have Netflix deals. They have their podcast stuff, right? they got to make money for their security. That is, that's what I was thinking is like, if you grew, grow up a literal prince of like one of the last monarchies. <laughs> yeah. There's not, you like, have like something to upkeep, but I also, I do think that they are trying to, um, I do think that they are trying to support themselves because they don't get that money. Not that they don't have money to be clear. They have some money, but J.R. Moringer. J.R. Moringer. That is the ghostwriter. Yes. Interesting. Um, I just want to make sure it's Oh, look. He collaborated on the 2021 film adaptation of his memoir. He wrote The Tender Bar. The Tender Bar. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, The Tender Bar, if you guys don't know, was that nice movie that came out. Was it last year? With um, or two years ago with Ben Affleck. Yeah. It's kinda like two. it's just like a it's just like nice. <laughs> but yeah, I think the whole thing is crazy. Anything else in the pop culture stratosphere that you wanted to talk about? So yesterday from when we recorded this, Alec Baldwin was indicted on charges <gasps> oh. of involuntary manslaughter. And I think we talked about this when it first happened, um, but he was on the set of his film Rust. That he is starring in, but also, I don't remember if he's producing or executive producing, and there is a difference, um, because a lot of... So, he was charged with involuntary manslaughter. Um, He aimed what he thought was an unloaded prop gun around the set of this film, Rust, and he, like, pulled the trigger and ended up killing a... And I mean killing, like... In the literal sense, not like I allege that he did murder. No, no. Um, Yeah. yeah. He he aimed what he thought was an unloaded prop gun um, and pulled the trigger. And Helena Hutchins, Helena Hutchins, um, who was the cinematographer on the film, the director of photography, died. Like he shot the gun at her. He didn't realize that that's that it was, you know. Loaded and so forth. He's been charged with involuntary manslaughter. This has been going on for some time. And so has the armorer of the film, who is the person who's like technically responsible for armoring 
what they thought were blanks. And so he's now calling this a miscarriage of justice, which is delightful and fresh. And I mean, not delightful. Um, the weirdest thing to me is just how he's carried on with his ordinary life. We've talked about Hilaria before. Oh, my God. Hilaria. Okay. Oh, and all of his Spanish children. So this is um, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah has tracked down a post uh, that Alec Baldwin did. When was that? Like a month? A month ago? Um, it was on her birthday, so it was like last Whenever Hilaria Baldwin's birthday was. Hillary. Hilaria Baldwin. Hillary. Whenever her birthday was. So, yeah, he's been doing these, like, really weird posts and sarah and looks has found so us dishy. he doesn't look well which i can imagine like if you like right. accidentally killed someone and everyone's like you did it even though you didn't mean to i would feel bad too i guess right i'm getting ready to take my wife out to dinner um for her birthday with a bunch of our friends and uh we're downstairs if I shot someone, I think it'd be a really long time before I went out to dinner many, with my many, friends. Many kids. And thank you for all you people who signed on uh, and followed my wife. We're getting close. We're just, uh, we're not that far away from helping her cross the line to a million followers. So he's like, um, he's like, he's like wiping sweat off his forehead. Like he's stressed about his wife getting to 1 million followers on Instagram. And the next post is what? Like many thanks to everyone who helped to get my wife to 1 million followers. What a strange, he's about to be indicted for murder. And that's his number one priority is getting her a million followers before he goes into prison. uh, Right. Which like, I doubt, I highly doubt that Alec Baldwin will go to prison. Oh yeah. I want to know what you think. I don't think, I mean, I don't think he will. I think that like, I think that they said that there's like a possibility of him getting up to like six and a half years. I don't, I think that like he will probably make some kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He won't, he won't admit guilt, which I'm not saying like, yeah, he shot her on purpose, but like he won't even, he's like, there was a point where he made a statement and he was like, someone is responsible for this. And, and it's like, not you me. were the, and right, and everyone, executive right, producer. Well, yeah, you like worked on the film, but also like he's the person who literally shot like, like her, like pulled the trigger, right? Which again, he did not kill her on purpose, right? But um, yeah, and so there's a lot. There's been a lot of talk lately about just like onset safety and how it is truly not prioritized on lots of sets. Not just that one. It is like a she widespread issue up here. Yeah, <laughs> it's a widespread issue of just like. Some producers eschewing safety, not just protocols, but like trainings or any type of like that type of stuff where they're like, well, nothing, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, We don't have to do this. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone in their job has been through something or you've been on a plane where the stewardess, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) what's going on? Where the flight attendant, sorry, um, stands up in front of the plane and tells you what to do. And you're like, oh, I know. It's fine. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. But then what if you have to get your mask down? Don't you dare put it on someone else first. <laughs> put it on yourself. <laughs> but that has been going on. I am honestly like I take no pleasure. I think I do think that Alec Baldwin has like su- not even related to this, just like sullied his own reputation. Oh, yeah. And he for many terrible. reasons. Yeah. And I just think it, the whole entire thing is just, like, really depressing. Yeah, tell me. Okay, before we go, <laughs> let's give, like, something you've watched that has felt good. Lately, Ooh. for me, we've been watching Welcome to Rexham. Yes. And I don't know. It's 
so cute and funny. I'm not a huge football fan, soccer fan, but it does a good job of giving explainers, being a reality show, and then also being like very funny. It's was, Ryan Reynolds. I was gonna say it's like pleasant, like yeah. it's just nice. Yeah, it's and it, Mac from yeah. Always Sunny. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney bought a professional football, like footy, like soccer team in Wales. And yeah, they like, they talk, they, each episode gives you like a little history lesson about whales and then they talk a little bit about football. Real life Ted Lasso stuff. Yes. And it's kind of funny because the two of them hadn't actually met each other before they decided to buy a soccer team. But they talk about that too. Yes. Where Rob says, you know, this has been a dream of mine, but I needed someone with movie money. Yeah. I needed someone with superhero money. And And then he found him. And it's in Ryan Reynolds loved Always Sunny and like it just works out, but it's a very good watch if you're looking for something to put you in a good mood before bed. It is. It's pleasant. I would yeah. agree. Um, I have been watching. What is? Because I have been watching. There's oh oh. Abbott Elementary. Oh, I know we yeah. talked about that in the, like, we're on the Emmys time. Mm-hmm. It is really, and I just have to say, we just recorded, we talked all about teaching. As a teacher, I love it, but I think that, I think people will just like it. Like, there are definitely little jokes and stuff that, just like any show about a job, I guess, right? Like, I see it, I'm like, oh my god, that's real life. Right. Well, The Office did it about office jobs. Parks and right. Rec did it about yes. working in municipal jobs. And, um, and this... I, I just love it. I think, I think too, I think the first season was actually excellent. I thought it was really good. And I am glad to see that they are, like, maintaining the humor level, but also, like, continuing to, like, dig into some of the characters a little bit and let you know what's what. Um, and then speaking of that, we were talking about the Golden Globes and... Quinta? Nope. Ralph. Cheryl Lee Ralph. And oh. Cheryl Lee Ralph who plays um, one of the teachers of the show, won again, won a Golden Globe. She had won an Emmy in the fall. And she mentioned, we talked about Jennifer Coolidge talking about being like fish hooked off stage. Um, She was like, no, stop. Like she was like not having this. And this is a woman, and I know we talked about this, but this is a woman who has been in the industry for like 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say one thing that's been really cool lately in TV and movies is these parts that are like these really juicy, meaty parts, like Shirley Ralph, Jennifer Coolidge, for for women like in their sixties. Yeah, and I think that you know, like I think for a long time it was like who is in their sixties, Meryl Streep or Helen Mirren. That's it, right? Like people are just like, oh yeah. Um, but Angela Bassett's been getting a lot of notice for her work in the mm-hmm. Black Panther movies, Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't know if everyone knows this. If you have seen Everything Everywhere All at Once and you were like, wow, that woman can't be like in her 60s. She is. And you can also watch her do really, really cool stuff when she was younger than that in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. um, And I highly recommend it. But I've noticed and there's like some nods to it in yes. everything everywhere. Um, But I've noticed that trend and I just think that it's really cool. I've just like on TV, I've noticed just like good parts for older women and i think older men get great parts right so yeah and they don't have to worry about how their skin looks or or aging out of hollywood you know there's like a wisdom that comes along with aging but i love to see it right totally um but yeah i think we'll uh we'll catch up again soon yes yeah we'll get back on it (laughs) now that we have babysitter dave come all right i've been sarah i've been molly This is Poppy Pie.